My name is Bradley Guys. And my name is Adam Pringer. And welcome to the Hot Swap. Welcome to episode 9 of the Hot Swap. I'm back with Mr. Adam Pranger. How was your week, dude? Uh, it's been pretty good so far. Um, it's getting hot, so... Yeah, it's... Not, not feeling that, really. It was like almost 90 today, I think, here, so... <sighs> let's see. So let's go ahead and... Uh, we got some games to get into this week. Why don't you go ahead and open up for us, because I think uh, what we're going to talk about overlaps a little. Okay. Um, so I'm going to mention... Uh, let's see here... Um, so I played some Super Meat Boy in the Wii U. I decided to throw some money at a couple of games uh, digitally this week. And so I wanted to play that game. I'm a big fan of it. And I wanted to see how it was on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, it plays pretty well. Um, the controls are pretty nice. Um, I, You and me both really like Nintendo controllers. Probably prefer those over most others, generally speaking. Um that felt nice. I will mention that my gamepad, which I was playing on, um, the B button seems to kind of be wore out over oh, the wow. years. Um, it's not terrible. I, that's how I play Mario Maker usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can definitely notice that there's a bit of like button lag compared to... Um, it, it plays similar to Mario Maker in that I can use the... Um, I guess it's the, the X and A button instead of the Y and B button. Yeah, yeah, you can move your thumb up to the top two buttons. Yeah, and I, I use those buttons a little bit less, so if I'm needing to get a bit more contact with the button, I usually go up to those buttons. Cool. Um, the only thing that I do not like about it, um, and I've seen other people say that the same thing, is that I guess the licensing for the game uh, means that there's new music for it. Hmm. So all the original music is gone, and... Uh, it's got just not as good of music as the original release of it. Okay. Yeah. I've only played the original. So, um, I, this is present in some of the more recent releases of the game. Um, so that's the only downside to it, but the sound effects are still good and the gameplay, which is the most important part is good. Um, and apparently, um, the characters that you unlock in it are a mix of, uh, PC and console characters oh cool so it's it's um it's not quite the same as any one version of the game for some weird reason gotcha yeah it sounds uh, interesting how much was it um it was eleven twenty. oh that's right that's right i just watched uh the episode where you were talking about the price now that you say it i remember now <laughs> um it, now it would be cool just 
thinking up things in my brain uh, if they could add Nintendo characters to the game somehow, but uh, that probably won't happen, but I just think it would be cool if that were the case. Yeah, and maybe some obscure ones too, not just like Mario and stuff. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that I replayed through the uh, Pocket Card Jockey demo, and um, I have about five and a half hours into that demo. Oh, wow. Um, So I noticed the second time I played through, I was getting a lot more first places finishes for the races, Mm -hmm. and um, I felt like I played more races overall within the period of time that the demo was. Yeah, um, I mean, it went on forever for me. I only yeah, got I, two first places. Yeah, I got a. Bu- I missed first place like three times, and two of the times they were literally throwing me into a race that they knew I was going to lose, just to see like how well the horse could compete within a higher age bracket. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Um, the the stupid thing was, I was convinced on both of them that I could somehow pull a, a win out. And wasted a bunch of experience that I could have put onto the horse. Oh, oh well. wow. Yeah, well, at least it's just a demo, so if you get it, then you'll know. Well, it carries over to the main game, so I can just skip that whole section in the main game. Oh, cool. Um, uh, but there was, like, new dialogue that I was getting, and uh, so that was kind of interesting that there's... I guess you're just basically playing through the first part of the game. Um, but it was nice that there was new stuff that I even experienced just in that. Yeah, it's it's a really good demo. If uh, anybody yes. listening or watching hasn't tried it, you should definitely go grab it just to see how crazy this game is. Um, yeah, and uh, the last thing that I was going to want to bring up is that, um, and this kind of dovetails into what you were going to talk about, uh, I have played a little bit more Mario Maker, and I have, play, I have made a handful more levels. Oh, cool. Um. So I I watched through your videos and saw that you'd mentioned that you hope that I keep making levels like that and I pretty much have. So Awesome. Yeah, more uh, more Super Mario World? Um actually I've been using Mario 1. Oh wow. <laughs> um and uh, and I made a couple of Mario 3 levels. Um okay. now uh what I wanted to mention to you is that all of my Mario 1 levels are kind of designed to be really easy and teach like really simple com like parts of Mario, like how do you can run over gaps mm-hmm. and um, just like teaching you how jumps work and stuff like that. Oh, so cool. um, those are all, all of my Mario one levels are probably going to be like that. And then a couple of them got m- more complicated than I needed them to be. And so I made them into Mario three levels Okay, and I kind of want to, re-upload all of my levels and name them all now. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that, though. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. I kind of like that it all goes... I think you get... You've been getting a lot of uh, stars and stuff. I think it's because you could tell it all goes together. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you mixed up the names, you might not get... You'll probably still get hits, but you might not get as many as you would have. Yeah, I, I, plan, I plan on still numbering them, but I figured if I named them, it'd be easier for me to know which ones they were. Yeah, that's true. Um, so there you go. Uh, what, so what did you want to bring up? So, yeah, so I put up two videos of his newest levels, not the ones he just mentioned making, but the ones he had put up before. It took me, you know, I've been, I kind of fell behind. It took me two weeks to get back to him. So that I played a bunch of your levels this week. I played a bunch of other Mario. I got, I got sucked into this one guy's level. I started by playing one of the new um, 
100 Mario Challenge uh, Super Expert. And okay. I, was, I was having so much trouble in the first level, I pulled out of there. And then I uh, I went back in to see it, and I just wanted to play it where I didn't have to wait for the life to shuffle off. You know, it takes forever to play between when you're playing Hunter Mario Challenge. Yeah. So then after I finally mastered that guy's level and speed ran it and got a pretty good time, I just started going down the <laughs> going down the drain of levels that this guy had. And I, I ended up playing like four hours of that today, not even realizing. <laughs> so... The other, I wanted to mention that I, I did play Astro Boy after your recommendation. I played, oh, cool. I played through the first uh, like level and a half of it. It's really fun. The only thing I don't like, it's kind of simple. I'm used to mm. playing um, Treasure 2D platformers where there's you know, a whole bunch of combos and stuff you can do. Astro Boy, I think if you're a fan of the anime, you would really like this because the cutscenes and everything in between. There's a lot of story and it it's done really well. There's even some um, there's even little animated parts that look really good. That surprised me how good they looked. Honestly, I've seen some video on GBA. They don't they're usually pretty pixelated. Doesn't look great, but this was pretty clear and it looked yeah. good. Yeah, I just wish it was there was a little more to it. You basically can do you can hold down and hit the button to do a kick. You can press up and you'll shoot a laser, or you can just smash the button and do a three punch combo. And there's a couple special attacks. So, I mean, I just, it's a little simple for my taste. But then again, I, you know, I like playing old games like Ninja Gaiden where you really only have one attack. So, I guess that's not too much of a criticism on it. I just wish it was mm-hmm. a little more in depth with the battling. Uh, oh, and the other thing I wanted to bring up is actually a non video game game. And I have the game right here. It's, I'm going to put it up for the camera. This is called uh, Star Wars. Galactic Dice Game. It's a dollar fifty at Walmart, and it's got a cool R D two D two can. And all it is is uh, I'm gonna open it up here. All it is is a bu- it's a dice game. You got six dice, and it's probably gonna be hard to make it out. But it's a whole bunch of these red dice games. Where's my camera at? <laughs> <laughs> and basically, it's kind of like playing Yahtzee, but it has its own combos and stuff. And you're trying. It's the first to five thousand points. And me and my wife uh, ended up playing a bunch of this a few days ago, and it's really fun. So I just wanted to mention it, in case people are looking for non-video game games to play. This is the first one I'm going to bring up, but I actually have a bunch I'm going to be bringing out for uh, further episodes. Excellent. So, anyway, that's all I had to mention for this week, so let's go ahead and take a break, and we're going to do your song first, Adam. You chose Zero Escape, the tunnel scene, which is actually in both versions of the game. And we will be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. Um, so I have wanted to go over DSiWare games for a little while now. Um, it's something we did on our previous podcast. Yeah, um, yeah we I did. Assume, I assume the list is probably going to be pretty similar to that. Um, but I really wanted to reiterate um, some really good DSiWare games, again, uh, to maybe a new audience for um, a couple of reasons. The first reason being that I really like Q games, and we're going to mention, I think, all three of their DSiWare games in this segment. Mm-hmm. And I just really like them as a company. Um, I've been a big fan of them ever since I kind of was aware that the company existed. Um, and I just wanted to point out their games specifically because they're a good company. I like their games. And the second reason is that um, with this new system coming out, um, we're still not entirely sure what it's going to be. Um, And because of rumors of it being a handheld console hybrid um, and kind of how the... Um, digital stores for Nintendo have worked in the past. Um, I just wanted to make sure that people were going to be able to get these games and download them and play them and enjoy them before they were possibly not available at all. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention, when we started talking about doing a DSiWare uh, segment, I started going through what I actually had on my system, and I had forgotten that you have to download the DSiWare games to the system. You can't download them to the SD card. So I only have, like, five or six downloaded mm-hmm. but then i pulled up my re-download list and realized that i probably have at least 30 maybe more dsi i mean there's a lot of really good dsiware games that i had forgotten about so i'm excited to get into this uh segment it's actually a pretty good platform i, I looked into a bit of information about it in north america there are 213 games that were released on the dsi mm-hmm. um for for dsiware games um, and that was within a like about two year time period. Yeah, that sounds right. So that's pretty impressive. That's over a hundred games a year. Um, and then I wanted to bring up, in kind of comparison to that, um, for the N sixty four in North America, that that system over seven years actually had two hundred and ninety six games. So the ratio is actually much better for the DSI. And while the N sixty four didn't have a ton of games for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still impressive for something that was um, exclusive to the DSi, which was not a very prevalent system, and and also on a digital store that I don't think a, even a majority of the people using that system were aware of or bought things from. Yeah, and I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of people even bothered upgrading to a DSi. Even most people just stuck with the light and they went right to 3DS, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, so um, in order to highlight these games, uh, we're going to go through a list of some of our favorites. Um, the first one that I wanted to mention, um, I guess I'm going to go with Mighty Flip Champs as my first game. Cool. And that's uh, Way Forward. Yes, it is Way Forward. Um, this is kind of the first time I became a fan of Way Forward. Um, I, I hadn't really really been into any of the other games before this mm-hmm. other than possibly some of their franchise stuff if like, i'm thinking correct like shantae mm-hmm. um well shantae is theirs so that does not count i i never played the game boy version of shantae 
Um, and, color, and I've never, yeah, neither have I. And I've, um, although you can download download that on the 3DS, I do believe. Yes. Um, and I, I just, I've never been a huge fan of of the Shantae series for whatever weird reason. Um, but their Mighty series, which has a bunch of different games in it, I, I've been a pretty big fan of. Um, Mighty Flip Champs is a puzzle platformer where you're given um, two different screens on the top and bottom screen for the DS. And um, they have different uh, map layouts in a side-scrolling fashion with ladders and platforms. And um, you can flip between the two screens, um, kind of almost like you're traveling through time, Mm -hmm. almost. And uh, you kind of have to time flipping the screen to like make sure you're not flipping into the ground and, and thusly destroying your character. Right. Um, so I'm a big fan of puzzle platformers. So of course I'm going to be a big fan of this. Um, this is also, I think the first time uh, that um, way forward kind of honed in their like very specific looking art style. Um, I feel like before this, they still had hand drawn stuff, but um, from this point on, all of it kind of looks like it belongs together. Yeah, I would agree, and and you'll notice the theme with all their games. Like you said, the art style looks similar, and it's always a girl protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then briefly, there's also Mighty Milky Way, which was a, plat- a side-scrolling platformer that had um, almost a Super Mario Galaxy or that one level in Yoshi's Island where you've got like planetoids that you can walk around. Or like that WiiWare game, it's kind of like that WiiWare game, uh, is it Orbital, the art style game? Um, it, I mean, it has weird gravity stuff yeah, going on. exactly. Like that. Yes. Um, uh, I just wanted to throw that one out quickly. That's also a good game, but I liked Mighty Flip Champs a lot more. Yeah, I, I guess Mighty Flip Champs was probably my favorite out of all those two, but I pretty much like all of WayForward's DSi. Mm-hmm. I pretty much like all their games, period, yeah. if I'm being honest. So um, I guess I won't – we already mentioned Shantae. That's probably my favorite out of all there. But that's just a standard, you know, cutesy platformer. There's a million of those in DSiWare. I'm going to go ahead and uh, – I'm going to bring up one of their first DSiWare games ever, uh, Paper Airplane Chase. I don't know if you remember that, Adam. I, I do remember it. It was uh, that game and the the Bird game, right? I can't remember. Bird and Bean? Yeah, and those were both from uh, WarioWare mini games, right? Um. Yes, they are. Yeah, I, I thought so. I had never played them on the WarioWare version, so the first time I played them was when we were able to get them on the DSi. Where and the um the paper airplane chase specifically is really fun. It's just you're a paper airplane. You click left and right to change the uh, angle of your plane, and you just navigate your way through levels. And that's really pretty much all the game is. And I don't know, it's just really fun. And I think it was only two bucks when it came out too, so that was pretty cool. Well, one of the things that was nice about the DSiWare games were they were almost all under $5 or at $5 or less. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've forgotten about that. You're right. Mm-hmm. So there's not much I could really – I think I just said everything I could say about that. It's a really <laughs> tiny game, but yeah. it's fun, so it's cool to have. Um, okay. Um, then let's see here. I was trying to save some of the stuff that would have a lot of crossover with you until later. So I'm going to bring up Spin 6. Um, which is a game made by Nintendo, made by and, uh, made by Game Freak, right? Uh, that might be true. I thought so. I can't remember. I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, and this game is a um, kind of like a match, a matching game. Mm-hmm. Um, the trick being that um, 
if you have a, you have numbers between I think three and six or three and five, and once it turns into a six, it will remove itself from your play area. Right. And um, it works in a grid-based system like most puzzle matching games do. And uh, you will take one of the numbers, and if you um, select it, it will. Um, are you you basically can have a group of four of those numbers, and you can turn them either direction, counterclockwise or clockwise. Right. And once you match up three threes, they'll all flip over and become fours. And if you then match up four fours, they'll flip over into fours, fives, five fives into into sixes. And then once you flip over six sixes, they'll they'll delete themselves. And so that's where the puzzle mechanic comes in. Mm-hmm. And um, something that's kind of overwhelming to me when you're playing the main game is that you can start a combo on one part of the screen and you can still move around while these things are flipping over because it takes kind of a, a few seconds for it to go through the, the changing motion. Right. And so you can start another combo in another part of the, the play area and kind of correlate that into um, the first combo you started. So it can get kind of complicated. Yeah, I and- remember it getting tough. Uh, we were both playing a bunch. You played probably a lot more than me, but I, we both picked it up around the same time and played a bunch. And yeah, I remember it, I got to a point where it was getting really hard to progress. Yeah. So m- me personally, there were two main modes in this game, and the other mode is a a puzzle mode where you're limited on the amount of turns you can do. Right. And, oh yeah. Right. Right. And and that was the mode that I liked. Um, Kind of similar to um, the puzzle mode in Tetris 2 for the Super Nintendo, which was my favorite mode of that game. Uh, this had, I think, a hundred different puzzles, ad- different stages to it. Mm-hmm. And after completing every single one, they give you um, some kind of like weird um, factoid or trivial. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about information. that. Yeah, and those are always kind of interesting. Uh, you're basically playing the game in an alien spaceship, and so they're just kind of weird and kooky. It, it almost has a Wario kind of feel to it, as far as the dialogue in it and the way the aliens talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm that's probably one of that's probably one of my favorite DSI Ware games, um, and so I had to mention that. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it quite a bit as well, but I'm having trouble really remember. As you were describing it, I kind of remember it, but I'm going to have to go back and, uh, and play it again. <laughs> so uh, it, I guess I'll go ahead I'll go ahead and uh, broach the subject of uh, some games that are going to overlap for us. Let's go ahead and uh, mention art style. Art style games are probably what really got me into DSiWare games. I liked some of the early, and they were kind of early too. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically... I guess the one that really jumps out at me personally is Box Life. That's I think that's our favorite together. Like that's my favorite as well. I love the aesthetic of it, the music. Uh, obviously, we love the music because it's our closing theme. That's that's from Box Life, and uh, I don't know. I just found it really relaxing uh, to sit there and basically what happens is is uh, it's I'm going to say it's an isometric view and a grid of. Uh, diagonally cut paper it's all kind of on diagonal and it runs down and I'm sure Adam's going to have video of this while I'm talking so this will make sense Yeah, the paper moves down and you have to cut out the pad, a perfect pattern that you can then put your stylus on the end of and drag together and form a box 
And the idea is, is to do that as fast as possible and to get as many as possible. And, and then eventually stuff starts happening where, like, bombs will be on the conveyor belt with your with the paper that you're cutting. So you can actually form a box around the bomb. And what would they do, Adam? Would it disarm it or just get rid of it? Um, yeah, the, the bombs could blow up the paper that you were working with. Right. Um, but if you, if you were able to build a box around it, it meant that you were getting more points when the, like, arm would come down and grab the box and pull it up. And I seem to remember that if you cut out multiple boxes at once and formed them all together, you would combo that way as well. But I might be mistaken. That I don't remember specifically. It's been a while since I played it. And what was cool about, besides the fact that the main part of the game was fun and I never got bored with it, I still go back to it all the time. Um, What's really cool is as you get better and better, you start unlocking stuff for your house on your main screen. Because when you turn on the game, you're like in your yard and you have a house and everything on there changes and upgrades. So the better you do, you just start getting more and more stuff that is all built out of like paper boxes. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, so one of the main aspects of the game that's kind of underlying from the gameplay is that you are playing a character that works at a box factory. Oh yeah, right. And so the point value is all based on like your income that you make on how well you perform at your job. And right. so that's when you're going home and then buying stuff for your house. It's kind of like a weird um life simulator. Like, yeah, it's like a life simulator or <laughs> yeah. like a it's it's kind of a it's, it's it's pretty interesting the way that they have that kind of like underneath the main part of the game. Yeah, because at its core, it's a puzzle game, really. Yeah. Now, a weird one, though. I've never played any game like it. I don't know if yeah. we ever will. Again, you know, it's a strange game. It'd be uh, good for the Wii U. I will say, and I'm sure you're going to have some art style games to bring up. They're, almost all of them are pretty awesome, but I don't. Box Life's just a, such a weird game. It really stands out for me. Well, for we can just kind of roll into this. Yep. For me, that was definitely the best one. And there were other ones that I liked, but nowhere near as much as that one. Um, I liked um, the game art style Aquia. Yep, I did too. kind of had like a line of blocks and you could move blocks into it from the side. It was I'll probably show a video of that as well so you can kind of understand what we're talking about. Um, that one I got fairly decent at. Um and uh, yeah, you liked it as well. Um, yep. Yep. The other one that I liked, um, probably the second most, was a game called Precipice. In the yeah, US. that one was cool too. Um, and visually, it looks like um, Intelligent Cube for the mm-hmm. original PlayStation, except for the gameplay actually makes sense. Yeah, and it controls a lot better, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, that game is kind of like you're in a. Was it like a three by three grid of blocks, like in a tower, mm-hmm. and other blocks would fall down on top of those, and so you had to like kind of move your character around to climb up this tower as it was being built by falling blocks on yep. top of it. And um, I think you could move the blocks around, and there were like bomb blocks you had to like step on before they would blow up so that they wouldn't explode. Um, and that game was a lot of fun too. Um, one of the only well. Uh, one of the only games other than maybe Box Life that were in the art style series that had any kind of representation of um, like a human, but it was really the only one where you're actually controlling a character specifically. Yeah, I think you're right about it. Most of the other ones are all puzzle-based. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I also liked Base Tin, but that was kind of a hard game. Yeah, I got I hit a wall with that game. I was really into it, and then kind of like um, the one we said earlier, Spin Six. I hit a wall and stopped playing. Mm-hmm. And in that game, you basically have like an alarm clock radio um, where you like flip numbers and like match them up and it it just gets weird when you're like flipping um certain numbers upside down and they don't really form a, a like a four for instance upside down is isn't a, isn't a number so it doesn't do you any good and so it kind of it's interesting how they use that but it kind of makes things complicated and i think a little bit too much for me yeah um and you like picto bits, right? Yeah, that's the only other one I was gonna. That's my second favorite. Um, I was, I played it. Uh, I used to play it in between my job. I used. It's one of the games I would actually take with me, and I would play, you know, in little spurts. And I'm actually watching a video of it now, trying to refresh my memory of it. Basically, um, you have squares on the bottom of your screen, and uh, configurations of squares come down and the idea is, is to combine four together the same color and then th- those disappear and then they go to the top screen they start th- start building a picture basically that's the picto part of the bit so you're you're taking the bits taking them together make them disappear and then eventually becomes a picture so it's, it's kind of got kind of a pick cross thing to it except for instead of you actually digging through the numbers in the squares to make a picture you're just you're kind of Tetris style getting rid of stuff that eventually becomes a picture. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I really like that game. And I'm sure there's, um, there's other stuff to it too, that I'm forgetting. It's been a long time. It's been what over a decade <laughs> since we were playing all these earlier. These um, it's been a well, while. The 3ds came out in 2011. So it's been quite a while since we were actively playing a lot of these games. Yeah. Really. I would just say, for me, I like all the art style games, but Box Life and Picto Bits were my top two, definitely. And a notable thing on, about Picto on Bits, DSiWare. Yeah. Um, one of the things about Picto Bits is it had um, chiptune music from CYMK, I think is what the name of the band is called. It's some order of that that's a reference to like the color scheme of uh, like additive colors or subtractive colors. Um, but it had, it had like a real band's music in it, which was one of the big things about that game. I remember. Oh, cool. Um, you may have noticed that you really liked the music in the game while you're playing. I think I like most of the music in, in the art style games. It's all kind of old school and, and fun. Um, so I, I guess is it still your turn or is it? Yeah, I was just uh, I was just coming on to what you were saying. I'm going to bring up uh, one of our favorites, uh, Cave Story, which mm-hmm. I which I believe we both actually played. Yeah, I mean you played the PC version back in the day, and then I think we played on the Wii. Um, the first time I ever played it, I think was the Wii. Okay, yeah, uh, we actually played it a little bit together at the first uh, PAX we went to. Yeah. That, he, uh, Adam was so uh, hell bent on not getting any spoilers for the game, though he actually ended up going to bed because I couldn't stop playing. I I ended up staying up that whole night. Pretty, much. I think I got like an hour's sleep before the Saturday show because mm-hmm. we. Had, I think we had just bought it maybe a, maybe a week before we had you know we headed up to Boston. So yeah, we were both anxious to play it. But I, I bring it up because then they eventually put it on the DSi as well, and that's a really good port too. It's just cool to have Case Story. You know, portable. I always keep it downloaded on whichever system I actually carry around. So, yeah, and that the 3DS version is really nice because it 
uh, at least the eShop version of it, is because if you play it in 2D, it looks like pixel perfect for the original game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can throw it in 3D and it'll actually put everything into layers. Right, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, and it, 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 there's very few instances where there's ghosting, which is uh, probably more of a problem for smaller developers like Nicholas. So they did a good job in, in making that work and, and look nice. Awesome. Um, but it's, I mean, I, I don't know if there's much we can say about a game that gets talked about quite a bit when it comes to indie stuff. That's true. Uh, have you ever beaten Hell? Since uh no yeah we haven't talked about it in a long time I have beaten it I actually beat it twice mm-hmm. uh, then I went back a few years later try to beat I can't even get through the main level anymore it's you got <laughs> you basically have to you got to be playing that nonstop and have it in your brain and remember every little bit yeah it has a weird jump to it that you don't really get in any other game and it's something to get used to but once you once you do it 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 works great. Yeah, and I've uh, watched people speed run Cave Story, and and I'm just I'm amazed that they can actually speed run through it. I'm amazed that I ever beat Hell, and I'll probably never be able to do it again. <laughs> but I just wanted to bring it up because um, there's a whole bunch. That, what's cool about Cave Story is a bunch of uh, secret stuff you got to find. You got to play the game a certain way to even get to Hell. So some people might have gotten this back in the day or recently, and think that they've really you know they've beaten the game when they haven't. So yeah. that, that's why I wanted to bring it up. And there's unique weapons and uh, stuff like that that you have to do certain things in order to get as well. And skipping. you got to skip getting weapons. Yeah. <laughs> yes. To, you also have to do that. To get the um, best gun in the game, you got to skip, and then you can get, get to hell. But anyway. <laughs> um, one thing that I do want to mention about the game is that um, I actually like this game more than most Metroid games. And it is very similar. Um, but the reason I like it is because um, it actually has characters that I really cared about. And it just did a really good job of having a story and a very limited uh, capab- – like, uh, you know, limited in sound and graphics. There's not really any cutscenes, So um, they did a great job of, like, having all these colorful characters that I really did care about that um, I, I've kind of not felt that um, – Metro games had a very good story in them, so I think that they kind of did that kind of gameplay better, or that kind of game better. Yeah, there's definitely, um, for for everybody that likes story more, Cave Story's definitely got a lot more going on with it than, uh, I would say the only, maybe Metroid Fusion, that's got a little, you know, because you're hiding from the SAX, and that's got a little story to it, but, um... I would say the cave story is super cute looking, but it's really dark. Yes, it is. Which which I like about. I think that's really cool. And much like caves, there's a lot more under the surface of that game as well. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um. So I guess I will bring up, um, Dark Void Zero. Cool. Um, this is a game where I played through the regular console Dark Void game. I liked it. You tried it and didn't like it. I've tried to play it. I just tried to play it again last year, and I just I can't get into it. I've never played Bionic Commando. Fair enough. Um, so the like as that game was coming out, they Capcom in a in what I believe is an excellent move, but very weird for them, um, came up with a Dark Void. Zero game, which is kind of like this fake NES game yep. that um, they created this whole history for of this like unreleased 
NES game that they worked on, and it never came out. And um, Jimmy Fallon, as a kid, had apparently played it for them, and um, so they advertised it through Jimmy Fallon's show. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. It, they take that old, like, kid sitting in his computer um, playing some Capcom game ad like that you've, you've probably seen a ton of times on the mm-hmm. internet and they like photoshopped very poorly might I add um, Jimmy Fallon's face onto it and like added Dark Void Zero stuff to it um, so marketing wise it was brilliant and then on top of that the game is kind of like a mix between Mega Man of old school and um, kind of like Bionic Commando and some uh, like a lot of their older NES stuff yeah, it's that you know, it's a platformer, and you have a jetpack. It's kind of like Cave Story, even too, because yeah. it's got the jet booster just like that. I I wanted to mention it was really cool how when you start it, it actually you actually hear a sound of a cartridge being clicked in, and then it turns on. It really feels like an old uh, NES game in that way. I think you can even blow into the microphone as you as if you're blowing into the cartridge. Oh, cool! That's awesome. Yeah, it's tough um, too. It was. It's. I mean, it's not super hard, but it has a good challenge. Yeah, and and it's it's not a huge game, but I think it was mostly just like an advertisement for the console game. Yeah, I would agree but, with that. But they put a, I would say, a pretty good effort into it. and made a fun game that is definitely worth downloading, um, and is a lot of fun. It's kind of um, I, I don't know. It's kind of got like a almost uh, a Metroidvania feel to it. Um, but they're instead of it being one big environment, it's like several smaller environments. But you yep. still kind of like go from one point and then across the map back to another point. And um, there's like some there's some story involved in it and um, some pretty u- unique gameplay for kind of being just an NES style title. I agree, and I would say aesthetically, it kind of looks like Strider a little bit too, just as far as like how the actual you know platforms and levels look. Mm-hmm. It makes it another super old game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the music is also very good in it. Yeah, it's really good. Very, very Capcom-esque stuff going on there. So, yeah. Not much to say about that other than those things. Other than buy it and play it because it's yes, awesome. Yes, please do. All right, so I'll go ahead and uh, – you mentioned Q Games in the beginning. I figure we both like them so much we should talk about those a little bit. Um See, I have trouble. I go back and forth between the... There's three um, total games. I like Tradectile and Starship Defense better than... Uh, but what's Better than Xscape. Xscape. Which is and actually a remake well. of a Game Boy game, right? Um, it's more of a sequel. Um, in Japan, it was called X Returns, but because X, the Game Boy game, never came out in the U.S., they called it Xscape in the U.S. Yeah, which, and that game reminded me of that old uh, tank game you would see on computers where everything's drawn it's basically a solid black background with a in this version it's all red lines mm-hmm. and it's all kind of like what is that called vector it's kind of vector looking kind of vector it's like um wireframe polygons yeah i like that better that's it's kind of like virtual boy really it's yes yes it is but let's talk about the games that that really jump out to you and i that we played a ton of a uh, trajectile and Starship Defense. Those are the two. Those are my top Q games. Even, even the ones that I like a lot on the other systems, I still come back to these two games. Um, they're, they're probably two of. They're probably two of my favorite just DS games. I agree. Um, 
Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's go with Starship Defense because I'm going to roll something in the trajectory when we get to that. So Okay. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, Starship Defense is a tower defense game. Um, I think we've mentioned it before on this show. Um, it has like a pen and paper art style to it. Yeah, almost kind of like a computer blueprinty kind of look even. Yes, I think you mentioned that last time. Yeah, I probably did. And, um, I mean, it's... It really isn't that dissimilar to most tower defense games. No, it's not. Most the, the think of a overhead style where uh, enemies are kind of on a clear path that you know, and you're mm-hmm. just you're just setting things up. I forget what that specific style is called, but you're you're basically setting things up to you know kill them before they get to us get to the or in this game before they can fly around your base a million times and shoot the crap out of you. Yeah, so each level is um, kind of showing you an overhead view of uh, some different spaceships that you're in charge of defending mm-hmm. uh, as they're flying through space. And, um, and so there will be spots on the top of these ships where you can equip them with guns. And there's different kinds of guns that are good against different kinds of enemies. Yep. Some enemies can become invisible, and so you have to have certain type of um, defenses that are still able to either see invisible enemies or like there's one thing that can like shoot out mines and if an invisible ship runs into it it'll become visible briefly and so other weapons can attack it and there's uh tractor beams as well that'll hold things in place Uh, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do since you mentioned the mines is have it so you know i'd have a ton mines continuously shoot out until that thing gets destroyed so i would try to have it have the slowdown beam and then slow them down in the minefield that's that was a that was a constant tactic of mine yeah i think i'm i'm trying to think of some of my tactics i usually liked to go with um up like each type of weapon you can upgrade right. in a couple of different ways um you're basically when you kill enemies they'll drop like points that you can use to spend on more defenses um, and then sometimes they'll drop um, like a power um, modifier or a speed modifier or a range modifier yep. and I typically would like to um, take the machine guns style gun defense and just make it as quick as possible mm-hmm. and then pair that up with the mines is one of my main uh, methods of defense um, and I also really liked uh, you could you could actually put down little bases that you'd have a uh, your own uh, ships would constantly fly out and fight. Those are cool too. Flight all around. I just thought that was kind. Of, I've played a lot of tower defense games like this, and I've never had one where you could you could put down your own little base and you'd have your own little fighter squadron where they could pretty much free roam and go around and take out a ton of stuff for you. So I just thought that was cool. And I I haven't played a ton of tower defense games, but. Um, this is definitely far and above pretty much any of the other ones I've played. Um, and, and while it isn't really doing anything incredibly new, it's just doing standard tower defense stuff so well. Yeah, it's really polished. And you and I both um, like how it looks. And mm-hmm. uh, you're the guy that – your navigator, the little robot guy who talks to you all, he's really cool and he says funny stuff. and Kind of looks like Rob or – Yeah, he does. Is it the is the guy from Star Fox named – Bob? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that's the case. Uh, but he kind of looks like he belongs in the Nintendo world even. Yeah, definitely. 
So definitely get Starship Defense. I'm sure we'll talk. I'm going to bring it up all the time. I can't help myself. I forget that I talk about it. And like Adam said, it's one of our all-time favorite uh, DSi games. So so let's go ahead and roll into Trajectile next, their, their other awesome game. And this game is... It's kind of, you know, the name kind of says it all. You're using trajectory. <laughs> Basically, you're you're setting up the trajectory of rockets to try and blast away targets. And it's a puzzly. It's all like little self-contained uh, levels. And the better you do it, the less rockets you use, uh, the better score you get. And I think you're mm-hmm. trying to get gold stars, if I remember correctly. There are um, special blocks that you have to destroy within the environment. Um to to like finish that level and different there was different kind sometimes you'd shoot more than one rocket uh there was rockets that had different uh properties ones with um, some that could go ahead yeah some that would like blow up on impact yep um there was the ones that um drill there was drill ones right? the ones that could go through blocks yes yep. um and oh man there's like i think there's another one on top of like your regular just like bounce around because uh, I think the the going through thing was like a modifier that you could get unlocked in the level. Okay. Because um, you could also get the thing where you could like, if you had one gun that round, um, you could like multiply that gun to two. Or if you had two, you could get it to four. Right. Um, but ba- real quick, um, it's kind of like a um, like a block breaking game mm-hmm. um, mixed with mm, like bubble like the old like puzzle bobble games yeah or like it's kind of like arkanoid or breakthrough without a ball and paddle instead you're taking your time and like you know bouncing rockets off of walls and items and all kinds of things and it has like it has a very similar feel to me as um like angry birds yeah i would agree with that even in the way you control it because you control it by putting the stylus down on the touch screen and you're actually manipulating a line and you could see it gives you kind of like a laser sight of the first couple bounces it's going to make so it's pretty cool and um i i've got i got really into playing this maybe a year or two ago where i was like posting high scores that i was doing on like twitter and stuff (laughs) awesome um this is this is that game is actually one of the reasons why i wanted to bring up this whole list in the first place because i when playing this game and posting my high scores online i had gone to game facts i was on twitter um there's not a lot of people who've played the game or like talk about it or have any real information about it or like any because like, I was getting what I believed were pretty good scores on the game, mm-hmm. but I couldn't compare that to anybody's because there's no leaderboard on it, unfortunately. Um, probably because it's such a small game. Yeah. Um, but online, there's nobody like keeping track of that either, and um, I, I just wish more people played it because it's, it's it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. The only other person I ever knew that was into it was you. It was I would talk to you about it, and you would talk to me about it. I mean, I don't think any of our other friends even picked it up back in the mm-hmm. day so uh, the reason i wanted to leave that to last like i said i wanted to roll that into another nintendo uh made uh dsi wire game called spotto explanation point and did you ever pick this game up adam um i have played it um probably on another game like maybe a wario wire game yeah it does look like it might be part of that as well but it's it's kind of the same thing, except for now you're a duck with an army helmet on, and you're throwing bombs into what look like little toilets. 
So basically, it's the same premise. You're bouncing, you're bouncing a projectile off of walls to make it into a goal or to smash things. But like I said, it's duck. You're a duck and you're throwing bombs. So it's it's really crazy looking game. It's got kind of a Luigi's uh, Haunted Mansion feel to it because um, I think there are ghosts in the game. I do remember that too. And and the, the aesthetic uh, specifically looks like you're in a little haunted house the whole time. So if if you listen to our list and you go, okay, I got to try this trajectile game. After you play that, go pick up the two dollars Spotto game next because you'll love that too. And it's so goofy <laughs> and awesome. Uh, the kind of Nintendo that I really ad- admire and love. So Just so weird. I don't know if um I don't know what else you have left. I only have one other thing I was going to mention, but um I I'm all out of stuff. So whatever you want to talk about now. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and finish it up with uh, the GG series, which we actually mentioned a few episodes ago. I forget why, uh, but you reminded me of a game called Ninja Karakuri Den, mm-hmm. which. I went back and downloaded while we were setting up for the show because I remembered how awesome it is. And basically, it's uh, it's kind of a I would say it's kind of Ninja Gaiden esque, except for all you're not actually controlled jumping. The whole you're going to little individual rooms again, and it's nothing but uh, platforms that when you touch them, they disappear and they make you bounce. So all you have to focus on is moving left to right, killing everything in your path, and you have uh, you could swing your sword. You can throw a shuriken, or you can do an air dash. And if you air dash into a sword attack, it's a lot stronger. So basically, you bounce around, making sure to always hit one of these platforms. Because like I said, once you hit one, it disappears, and more pop up. If you miss one, you'll fall through and you'll die. If you destroy all the gears that are on the screen and the enemies, a door opens and you move on. And then I think after three levels, it's a boss fight. It's a really small $2 game That's I had forgotten how much fun it is. Honestly. Yeah, and it's kind of like um, a single screen puzzle action game. Yeah, I would um, I would agree with that because you kind of have to think about where you're going to move next and which enemies you're going to attack first and 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 so on because um, you're you're limited to a certain number of platforms in the environment and you can only use them once. So it, there's where the puzzle element comes in, and then it's kind of got that hack and slash yep. um, gameplay to where uh, it's a little bit more actiony than normal puzzly games. And like you said, uh, you need to pick your path out before you start because you want to be as quick as possible because you're actually there's a timer running down the whole time. Yeah. And I think if you if I don't know if I beat it, or I'm sorry, I don't know if I ever uh, failed to beat it before that timer ran out. So I don't really know what happens. But it it does it gets you up on your toes. You want to keep going quick. You want to, uh, you know, find the paths of least resistance, basically, to get everything taken out, so you can get that door to appear. Because that timer is constantly uh, clicking down in the corner. So, um, and I would say that almost all the GG series games I've played are at least okay, if not really fun. They're, they're also really cheap. So even if they're like not that great, they're kind of worth it in most instances. Yeah, that's how I felt about it too. There was like that what was it like 30 second runner or 10 second runner game. It's not that great, but it was so cheap that I had fun with it. Yeah, I ended up getting really into that game after a little while. Maybe because I didn't want to waste my money, but it's definitely not <laughs> as good as uh as uh the ninja game we were just talking about. That is honestly the best one of the whole series. Yeah, but I, n- I agree. none of them I mean, I'm sure there's some that are like not really like your type of game, 
uh, if you're listening. Um, but none of them are like really that bad. And, and again, the price point makes it easily easy to get into. Yep, I agree. So let's. Uh, I just wanted to go back and bench. Okay, so you should definitely check out anybody's listening to this. Q Games, look for theirs. Way all way forwards are good. Yeah. And all the art style games are really cool. So that's just that's a good starting point. And then you could check out a bunch of the other ones we mentioned too, because they're all pretty mu- pretty fun. And when we were making our list, I had a, there was probably another ten, fifteen games I could have brought up easily, but yeah. you know, I had to cut it somewhere. You know? Yeah, I I wanted to mention something that I kind of noticed whenever I was going through and like compiling my list, and that is that um, there is a Steam World Tower Defense game that I don't remember really existing um it's probably the first of the steam world series hmm, i didn't know about I, that either yeah i didn't even know that that existed i noticed that when i was making the list and then the other thing that i noticed is that um that circle int company um makes a lot of dsiware games and i've played a handful of their 3ds games and some of them are pretty good um they're all pretty simple like 8-bit style games but um, I'm interested to like go back and like at least watch videos on a lot of their DSiWare games to see if any would be something I'd like because um, they may have not been on my radar. Um, whatever, like six, uh, seven years, like eight or nine years ago, um, yeah. but they kind of are now. So I'm interested to go back and see if there's anything there that I would like. Cool. Yeah, I'm. Inter- I'm actually gonna go look up some videos too. Uh, so I didn't know about that. Uh, that that tower defense game. So I'm really interested to see that. Yeah. Anyway, I hope everybody. Uh, hope everybody learned a little bit about DSiWare from this segment. So let's go ahead and take a break, and it's my turn to pick the music, and I chose <laughs> the projectile theme. We'll be right back.
All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, uh, it's the new section. Um, and uh, let's see here. Um, so apparently, um, up in, I guess, until June 1st, if you sign up for Pokemon Trainers Club, which I don't really know anything about. Yeah, I, I don't either. Although I think I might have already signed up for it at some point. Um, you can get a Mew for all the n- more recent Pokemon games. Um, they uh, they did a a distribution through GameStop not that long ago. Yeah, and I got one of those. So it, I, I think it's actually. The same. I'm glad you brought. Let me see here. Here we go. Okay, so that guy right there, it's the same Mew, I do believe, but they're just distributing it through their uh, Pokemon Trainers Club. Cool. Which is, I think, a thing where you can like create a Pokemon like a Pokemon Trainer avatar and uh, do mini games or something. It sounds kind of like uh, the PGL website or even uh, their trading card game has a lot of that where you're making a trainer and changing his clothes and stuff. So it seems like maybe a continuation or maybe a little so- a spinoff of that. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have a Mew and you want one, now's the time to do that. Hey, you can learn all the moves, so he's awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, kind of I'll, I'll piggyback on this. Uh, with something I don't actually have down, but I do know of. Um, so, Arena from Game Center Game CX. Center CX, yep. Um, so, Nintendo has teamed up with them again. Um, he is apparently playing maybe the original Pokemon uh, in an attempt to get all 151 Pokemon. Oh, that's awesome. And so, that's, that's, a, that's a challenge that they've come up with for him. I Kind of as a build-up to um, Pokemon Sun and Moon, actually. It's really cool. He's got a he did a bunch of uh eShop videos in Japan that we didn't get to see. And for anybody listening or watching who's never heard of uh, Game Center CX, if you like if you like watching like Twitch and stuff like that, he basically started all the like the videos <laughs> yes, I do and Twitch, he was the original. He's been he's been making gameplay videos for and he's a comedian in Japan, so it's really funny. He's not the greatest at games, <laughs> which makes it even better, in my yes. opinion. So, it, it, anybody who's never watched any Game Center CX, uh, play the DS game because it's really fun. Yeah, there's and, a, the, randomly a game based on it that has like made up games from the NES period of time. Yeah, and uh, and definitely go online on YouTube or uh, you can actually search Game Center CX. There's a few websites dedicated to um to you know uh, subbing his uh his episode. So, and I think um. I think Kotaku actually bought a season or two. So some of them are narrated by they're actually put into English and they're narrated by one of their guys and they're they're interesting to watch too. Definitely seek out Game Center CX. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um and another game that he uh has played before, uh Mario Maker. Um they're uh releasing Hello Kitty characters. Oh, cool. <laughs> for Mario Maker. So if you want to pl- make some Hello Kitty-themed levels, now's, now's going to be your opportunity. And I'm glad you brought up uh, Mario Maker because I just realized he does have a few of his levels that he made. We can play And you those. can actually unlock him as a character you can play as. Yeah, so I'm guessing some people maybe who've never even seen the show probably are wondering, you know, what's up with this guy? Well, there you go. Check out his show. It's awesome. <laughs> um. Uh, Capcom has shown off a couple of things, like maybe today. Um, one of which is they released a new Monster Hunter story trailer. Yeah, that's um, coming like, soon. So, yeah, it's like their CG Monster Hunter title. It's kind of designed for, I think, a younger audience. 
Um, but it's more story based also. Um, and this is the my most anticipated Monster Hunter title. I assume you like mostly because how it looks. It's probably um, I like so uh, to talk about the game real quick. I like the way it looks. I like the fact that the environments seem to be more open and don't have like weird loading corridors, mm-hmm. which I don't know why they keep doing on Monster Hunter games. I feel like they've moved beyond that since the PlayStation Two. Well, you need time to you know grab a sip of your drink. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Twiddle your thumbs for a couple seconds. It's honestly the Wii version was really bad. You would. I mean, you'd have, like, sometimes, like, a 30-second, you know, load, but it's it's better on the newer games. It's only a couple seconds. And, and if you have the new 3DS, it's even better. Yeah, it's even faster. Yep. A small amount of time. Um, so, yeah, I like that. I like the art style a lot because it's kind of a cell-shaded, um, kind of kind of chibi, chibi art style. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Um, and then the gameplay is a lot different, too, in that you can... Um, take the eggs that you steal from the monsters and hatch them and then ride those dragons. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in this new trailer that they showed off, they were actually showing like how you can use the abilities of some of these monsters um, to change up the gameplay. So like, there's the one dragon that can turn invisible. So you can use that to turn invisible while you're riding it and sneak around in, in parts of the game. Yeah, it looks like um, it's something chameleon. Uh, it's purple. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's crazy in the real game when that thing goes invisible. It's like run for your life. <laughs> and so that that aspect of like getting these new powers and stuff seems really cool to me. Um, and the... Uh, the cat character that you have with you is seems to be a lot more important uh, as part of a part of your team of you and and that cat and uh, you can like suit it up in the same way you can in the main game it, it's very a lot of it is very similar to a normal monster hunter game it's just it's going to be more of a story focused and the environments seem to be more like a Zelda game or a more of like an open world type of game yep yeah I would agree with all those uh um, and with this new trailer, which you should watch, and I probably will have videos playing right now of it, um, they also announced that um, there's going to be two series of Amiibo to go along with the game. Oh, cool. Um, so there's going to be one released with the game that has the male and female avatar as two different Amiibo and uh, one that's just the cat character. That's the one I want. I want the cat. Yeah, um, and uh, so they have those amiibo, and then there'll be some more later on. Um, and who knows what they'll do? Um, I don't think they've announced anything on like what they'll specifically do for that game. So um, that'll be interesting to find out. And also, apparently, if you have um, Monster Hunter uh, Cross or for us generations, um, you, if you have a save file for that, you're going to unlock some armor for the cat. Oh, cool! I definitely will have a save file for that. So. Yeah, um, and uh, the last thing about that title that I wanted to mention is something that I can't remember right now. Um, <laughs> oh, it's this. Um, a lot of companies are releasing E3, like pre-E3 E3 trailers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that any any trailers that you're seeing in this time period that – um, are for games that may not have U.S. release dates or even kind of re- U.S. announcements um, will likely get announcements this this uh, coming E3. Um, so it seems completely ridiculous to me that Cap- that Capcom would go out of the way at announcing or to show a new 
Monster Hunter Stories trailer right now at, uh, without it being at E3. That just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, I expect to see it there. I, I, I'll i be honest, I had forgotten about it until you just brought it up. Well, there was a time period where um, they had some kind of Monster Hunter event, and they showed off cross stories and then the like Animal Crossing-esque Monster Hunter game that I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, neither do I. So they threw off those three games all at the same time uh, for the first time. And um, so far, the only one that actually came out is Cross. Um, so we still have that other game that may or may not get announced and come out here as well. Um, the other thing that Capcom talked about today is that they are making a new Mega Man cartoon. Oh, cool. Um, I guess it's going to be coming out next year. And uh, they have only kind of divulged some information about the plot of the show. Um, I'm guessing from what I could read is that the Mega Man that is the main character for this is like the son of Dr. Light. Hmm. Now, technically, Mega Man is the son of Dr. Light also. Yeah, I mean, he, he's his creator. So, I so. <laughs> so I, I don't know if this Mega Man is a human or is a robot. So that's kind of interesting. Um, The other thing is most people really don't like the new art style. They showed a, like a one like screen of uh, like a drawing of the new Mega Man character. Okay. And you'll have to look at it when we're done with this, but myself included don't really like the way it looks. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll check it out and I'll have an opinion on it for the next episode. Cool. Um, and, uh, the, the last thing in, uh, before I cover releases is that there's this weird game that I, I found right before we started recording called B3 Game Expo for Bees. (laughs) What? Yes. Okay. So (laughs) I, I was trying to frantically find out some more information about this game and I really couldn't, um, I couldn't find the website for the company that makes it, um, I really couldn't find a lot of websites talking about it. I found this video of someone talking about the game, but they weren't the people that make it, so they didn't really have a lot of information. Um, but it's coming out um, for the Wii U right before E3. Uh, the name is called B3, and it's basically you playing as a bee at a expo of some sort having to do with bees. Um, the art style is like pretty low polygon count, um, a lot of bloom lighting, and it, it looks pretty cool. Um, it's kind of like a first-person shooter, I guess. Hmm. Um, but the one trailer I found for it doesn't really explain anything about the game at all. Yeah, it sounds like an April Fool's joke to me, but we're a little it, past it, that. Well, the the weird thing is some of the people that have been talking about it are implying that that it's like teasing stuff that, Nintendo will be talking about at E3 or I, I, I don't know. It, it's really weird. Um, I like the way it looks from what I've seen, but I don't really know what the heck this thing is supposed to be. Yeah. It sounds interesting either way. So I guess we'll have to wait and find out more about it. Yeah. But it, it's, it, it, they're planning on having it release in Europe before E3 and it's definitely going to be coming out in the U S on the Wii U before E3. So I don't know. This is just weird. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Um, and so for releases, the Wii U is getting a game called Futuridium EP Deluxe, um, which is, it kind of looks like Super NES Star Fox, 
Hmm. Um, but it's way faster paced, and you're basically flying around, um, almost kind of like a, a spaceship, like a large spaceship that you're flying around. And there's like points that you have to shoot on it. You blow up all those points that you beat that level. So it's like a real quick, like speed running type of like Star Fox esque game. Uh, that sounds kind of cool. Um, so that that could be interesting. Um, there's a game called Dual Core, which is a twin stick shooter. Um, there is a sequel, like a second game in this Dragon Fantasy series, which is literally a game that looks like like NES Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy games. Okay. Um, so the name is kind of a clever play on that. Um, so there's a second one in that series. So there's now there's two of those on the, on the Wii U. Um, and uh, there's a game called Rin's Adventure Trouble in the Enchanted Forest, which is a like adventure platform game. Hmm. And um, for Virtual Console, they released uh, Star Tropics 1 and 2. Yeah, I have no interest in that for me. Um, some people really like those. Um, it's kind of like a an American version of Zelda, I guess. Um, I have both on Wii Virtual Console. Um, I, they're kind of hard, and they're not like they're like almost level based, but it has like a pseudo open world kind of like uh, Zelda Two. Um, but when you go into like the actual moving around, it's more like Zelda One. Yeah, I think I have. Um, I'm pretty sure I have the first one, actual NES cart. Oh, and okay. I, I couldn't really get into it, so this is not my thing. We sh- if we liked the game, we may have mentioned this in last week's episode because there is a yo-yo as a weapon in this game. <laughs> That's cool. So I didn't even remember it enough to know that, or I probably would have <laughs> brought it up. So yeah. Um, and uh, on the 3ds, um, I think uh, either the first Dragon Fantasy game or the same one that came out on the Wii U came out. Um, a game called Infinite Dynamos, um, a game called Epic Word Search Collection 2, <laughs> um, and a resource management game called Dream, which is like you running a convenience store. Uh, that, that actually sounds kind of interesting. Possibly. And then, of course, more Fire Emblem DLC. Yep, every week, guys. Every week, I did actually play some Fire Emblem. I did. I failed to mention that before. You did tell me about that. Yeah, and it's awesome. So I guess maybe someday I'll check out this DLC. But you know, you get to the point where you have to choose sides. Nope, not yet. I think it's coming up though. I think we're getting pretty close. So I'll okay. I'll I'll break that game down a lot more when I have you know some more time under my belt. How much time do you think you have in it, real quick? Maybe maybe an hour, hour and a half. I think I'm on maybe the fourth level, the third. I haven't I haven't done a ton, honestly. I've, I'll play little chunks of it and then use the awesome quick save feature, and that's I, lo- I love that about Fire Emblem. I can literally stop in the middle of levels, and that game's uh you know it's pretty intuitive. I can easily jump back into it all the time, especially since I don't really care about the story that much. Mm-hmm. But um, I will a little spoiler. We were talking about it before. I'm remembering our conversation, and I'm actually kind of into the story of this one. So it's very a li- weird. A little bit of a change for me. I don't. There's not too many games that draw me in that way. So, but we'll get into that much more after you play some and I play more, and 
We'll have a lot to talk about at some point. Cool. So is that it for releases? That that's that's it. Awesome. Let's go ahead and uh, close out the show. Let me bring my notes back up here. I'll. In the meantime, uh, you can catch me on the internets uh, at idrawrobots. Um, you can find me with that name pretty much anywhere on the internet. Um, it's true. Uh, I just joined the Nico Nico Japanese video player um, using my Nintendo network account um, and created an account with that name as well. So Awesome. I, not that that really means anything, but I was trying to watch some weird Japanese videos. Did anybody hit you up for the codes that we have available? No. no. So, yeah, I have Retro City Rampage available. Um, if you contact me for the 3DS, I'll throw you a code. Uh, it's a really fun game, uh, kind of like uh, GTA, like the orig- like the first two GTAs. Yeah, it's just like um, those. But with tons and tons of references to old NES and Super NES games. And pop culture in general. Yes. Movies and all kinds of stuff from the 80s, 90s. I mean, it's just, there's so many little Easter eggs in that game. Um, yes. So, I'm at Bradley Guys, YouTube, and Twitter, and I also have a game to give away. I, I still have Shantae for the Wii U. And, yeah, nobody's hitting us up, man, so I don't know. Maybe nobody's hearing it or people already have these. Maybe everybody already grabbed the Honda Bundle like we did, you know? Maybe. And uh, as far as new stuff on the channel, like I said earlier, I've got a bunch of Adam's levels that he put up recently. I've got two new videos for those, and you said you got more levels, so I'll be putting another video up as soon as you post them. I uh, I was on your Mario Maker account today. I didn't see no new levels. I've made them, but I can't post any more levels. Oh, you ran out. We got to get Adam Stars up. So, we so can... if you're listening to this, go to Brad's, or you're already on Brad's YouTube channel. Go to one of those videos and find one of the IDs for a level I've made and yep. play all of them or don't and just star all of them. Yeah, hook them up. We, I need some more space so I can get some more levels to play, man. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, anyway, so hit us up if you want those codes. Hit us up if you've got some critiques. Hit us up if you just feel like hitting us up. And until next week, we will catch you later.